Welcome to The Value Script, the podcast where we bring value every episode to the everyday person. I'm Meredith Carmichael, and I'm so excited to be here with Alexis Scheid, who is my beautiful cousin. So we are going to talk about homeschooling today, and I'm so excited because we recently went to your homeschooling conference, and it was amazing, and I learned so much. Um, so I really kind of wanted to get started and find out from you how you got started doing your homeschooling stuff and how you decided to take the plunge and make it happen. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. How did we start? Truthfully, I never wanted to send the kids to school. Um, I always wanted them home with me, but I felt like, you know, I had to, cause it was just the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did send our oldest two out of six. We do have six children. We sold, we sent the oldest two to public school. So trip was in for a year and a half and London was in for two and a half years And that is when we pulled the plug and after Christmas break, we never sent them back. So, um, I guess I just got the guts and the, the feeling was just strong enough that it was, it was time for us, for our family. And I had been contemplating it since the very beginning, but, Mm -hmm. um, there were a myriad of reasons why we decided to do it. Um, partly I wanted God in their education. Partly I just wanted more time with them more freedom. I cared about their nutrition. Um, so, so those were some of the big reasons, but, um, as soon as I brought them home, everything did feel right. And there were so many things that I didn't expect. Um, we have spoken about this before, but just the time that I got with the children, um, just doing lessons with the kids, reading, snuggling, there were so many moments that I, I didn't expect and were, huge blessings. Um, it wasn't just doing school at home. It was an entire lifestyle that I was missing out on that. I, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. school is chaotic. Like just the structure of having to get them to and from and half day kindergarten (laughs) throws that in there too. It gets busy and chaotic. And I, um, never liked that. I had to, um, keep up with their schedule and couldn't just do my own thing. Um, when we decided, well, when I started thinking that we were going to homeschool, I really wasn't necessarily happy with my kids' schools. And so I was trying to find another alternative where I could get them all into the same school. And we looked at several different, I could never get them all enrolled in the same place. And so I have a really good friend that homeschools and also does the good and the beautiful, like you do, same curriculum. And she was like, you can do this. And I was terrified. I was afraid that I was going to mess them up, that I wasn't qualified enough to do it. And, um, but I was like, well, I can't get them all into the same school anyway. So I might as well just, just go for it. And it really has been the absolute best decision I've ever made ever. Like my girls are thriving, thriving. And, and it's not even that they had bad friends, I would say, but their social network now is nothing but positive and good and really aligns with what we want. But I couldn't believe even we've only been doing it for a few months and Paisley's reading better. My girls are happier. They're everything's better. I loved, um, so you live in Utah and you know, I live in Arizona, so we don't see each other very often, but I love watching you on social media and seeing all of the amazing things that you do with your kids. Like, you go on adventures. <laughs> we do. And we I try. love it. Yeah. People say, you know, 
I don't like being home. Someone said this to me recently. I don't like being home. I could never homeschool. And I'm like, well, we're not home. We're out all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just what you make of it. But um, yeah, we have to design our own social experiences, of course. So we're being intentional with that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I like to say. I joke around like, we're not control freaks at all. Like we're just very intentional. All of us homeschool moms, because (laughs) maybe we're a little bit control. Maybe we are a little (laughs) bit of a control freak, but no, we're just being really intentional with who we hang out with. Um, the literature we bring into our homes, the curriculums, you know, the activities, the people that we rub shoulders with, all of that, um, just creating a beautiful and uplifting experience for the kids mm-hmm. versus we do know lots of negative things can happen in schools. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they can happen anywhere. But if you're intentionally doing things to create positive, uplifting experiences, then you're usually pretty successful, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I loved it um, at that conference. They they talked a lot about socialization and you hear that a lot. Like you don't want your kids to be sheltered, you you know, like, and that can be a negative thing, but you, the socialization that they're getting now is so positive and good. There is, there isn't the negative side of it. And so like, I don't know, the socialization at public, in public schools, especially now I feel like is, so negative. Like, There's a lot of negative. A lot of negative. And it's really hard to counteract that if you only have your kids for a couple hours in the evening mm-hmm. and you're busy with dinner and all of that. It's just not enough time to try to course correct, I think. Totally. I just finished a book called Unschooling Rules by Clark Aldrich. Mm-hmm. And one of the sections is the socialization. And he talks about, at least I'm pretty sure it was that book, but he talks about, yeah, you do need to work on socialization. And if your kids are in public school, you're going to have to work on undoing that socialization, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of interesting. He was pretty blunt about it, but you do need to counteract some of that stuff because it is, especially these days with all the technology and screens and all the things. And there's a lot you do kind of have to undo. I feel like Mm -hmm. if you, if you can in the hours that you have them home, right. Right. Which is difficult, you know, if you don't have them for that long. I have loved like one of the main things that I really wanted to do when I started homeschooling is focus like you have your main subjects. Right. You know that that you teach and and that's great. But I also wanted them to have life skills like I wanted to teach them how to have conversations with adults and how to shake hands and look someone in the eye when you're talking to them and um, just experiences that will give them those social skills that are so important. Totally. And I don't, there's so many things in regards to like budgeting and things, just things that are not taught in school at mm-hmm. all, but life skills that are so important. Right. And I love the freedom that it's given us to be able to, just tackle whatever we want, whatever they're excited about learning and totally. teach through experiences rather than just sitting and mm-hmm. being in a classroom setting. Totally. There's a thing going around that talks about if you are trying to learn something new, it usually takes around 400 repetitions to learn it, to create those new synapses in your brain. But if you're doing it through play, which as they get older, you might not call it play, but I think active learning or passion driven learning, something that they are excited about, it only takes 10 to 20. So when you think about like the worksheets and all the things that you're doing in school and you're sitting, you're not, you're not active, you're not moving. And even movement in the brain is so connected. So if they're sitting, they're just not learning. Mm-hmm. And the other, pro- the other problem is, is they don't have enough free time. Like everything is scheduled for them. Um, they have so much social, so many people, so many interactions when they're at school, they don't have a lot of free time and their brains are just like 
kind of overstimulated. But a huge process of learning is the downtime, like the free time that you can actually process and think about and remember the things that you learned. So that was kind of, that's kind of one of my missions I tell people is to kind of bring back childhood, bring back the free time, the time that they have to actually like learn who they are, to build character and to really just process life. Um, because if we have, and even you and I are like that, if we have everything scheduled for us from morning until night, when do we sit and think? When do we have time to plan? When do we um, really kind of remember what life is all about? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of kids are missing that now mm-hmm. just because they're overscheduled and they're over, they're just too busy. Yeah. And thus they don't remember things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, something else I read recently talked about that as well. Ideally, if you're learning an hour or two a day, like you need the rest of the day to process that. Um, if you're learning like a difficult concept, you could need 15 or 16 hours to process that. Um, so part of the learning process is the downtime, is the play and just, and living, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I always tell people too, for me, if our kids can leave our house and they're mentally healthy, like that's a win because that's so rare now. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can create like a joyful, happy childhood and life for the children where they can really live life to the fullest. And some of that stuff that's not necessary in schools where they can just avoid those things that are stressful and are um, negative, then, then we're doing a great job. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're, they're steps ahead for sure mm-hmm. of, of the other. And, and the, I don't know, just the, the school structure is so counterintuitive to everything that you're talking about. They don't have the freedom to be able to explore or, or to learn on their own. Like I loved, um, that was another thing that they talked about in that conference is giving your children the freedom and the resources to be able to self-learn and to discover what they're passionate about and what they get excited about. Uh The time, freedom and resources. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that too. But, and most of them don't have time anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and even something that they may be passionate about, like they're too tired to do it Yeah, or they don't have the time and the freedom. And those are things that don't cost us money, time Mm -hmm. and freedom. They don't cost us money. We can provide that to the children. Um, The resources part can be tricky, but I still think for the most part, there's so many things we can provide to children for little, little cost to allow Mm -hmm. them just to explore the things that they want to so that they know what they love. Um, Something else I read recently talked about um, little experiences along the way, and I'm not going to say it right, but little experiences along the way sometimes seem meaningless and maybe kind of are in the long run, but children who are exposed to all sorts of things will eventually find their passion and be able to create meaning out of that versus if they don't get that opportunity, they may not really learn what they love, learn what they're good at. Um, and I actually had a conversation with an adult man over the summer. He took, um, I can't remember what they're called. They're like the, it's almost like a personality test, but it's super in depth. And he flew to LA to do it. And it was, I think two full days of testing. And it's because he was an adult grown man with a family and he still didn't know what he was good at. And he still didn't know what he wanted to do. Um, And so he went and spent all this money and all this time and he found out his strengths. And I said to him, I said, that's how you know the system failed you because you went all those years through school and you still had no idea what you wanted to do. And it was sort of eye-opening to me because I felt like, well, we could all be in that same boat, but if we can allow our children a different experience and just give them all these opportunities and even just the freedom 
It isn't even providing so many opportunities that cost so much money, but just even the freedom to read, to play, to explore and learn what interests them, then they're going to be better off than probably most adults. I I loved um, the couple at your conference and I cannot think of their names okay, to save so my life. So the Vineyards, Alicia okay. and Pan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I loved, so they were both art people, very mm-hmm. artsy. And they would have once a week, they would have their kids do a diagram of some sort. And and I think sometimes they would choose, the kids would choose and maybe mm-hmm. sometimes the parents would, but, yeah. but then they would do like an art diagram and just break down whatever they were studying. And I loved that concept because they're learning how to look up information and how to study, how to learn, but also what they're passionate about. And, totally. and I also loved, like they mentioned, like when they were going to go on a family trip, they, they would study that area and then they would go see the places where, where yeah. they would, you know, that they'd been studying and, and do their diagrams and stuff. And, um, that's just, I don't, there's so many things to do. Like totally. if you can get yourself thinking outside of the school box, right. right. That you're put in, there's so many ways for kids to learn that are fun and engaging and, not so structured. Totally. And it doesn't have to be, okay, we're going to travel to Rome or we're going to travel to Italy or whatever it is. It can be, we've been studying sharks or we've been, and they did that shark diagram, or we've been studying some certain animal and we're going to go see it at the aquarium or we're going to go see it at the Mm -hmm. zoo. Like you can do a lot of local things with that too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always think that too, I don't know if they called it layered learning, but in my mind, I always call it layered learning where it's like, you're kind of just doing little bits each day and adding to it, but then also going over the concept again, whatever it is. Cause you know, like they would sketch the shark first mm-hmm. and they would learn about it and then they'd label it. And then like maybe on a different day they would watercolor it and then they would actually see it in real life. So it's kind of like they would just line upon line, yeah. <laughs> learn these things and reinforce those things mm-hmm. like over time. I loved to, um, talking about how, like if you decide that you're going to homeschool, not taking the school structure and bringing it into your home and, that was like the first time I heard that I was like, Oh my goodness. Like that's so right. You know? And Mm -hmm. I think it's so hard when you've gone to school your whole life and that's the only thing, you know, it's kind of hard to break out of that mold and realize that there's such a better way to do it. Totally. Most of us are products of the system. Like almost all of us. Mm -hmm. I don't have very many friends that aren't. Um, so it is really hard to break free of that, but that is one of the first things I tell people like, don't create school at home. That is not the goal because you pulled your kids out for a reason. Um, so please don't go home and create a schedule and all these subjects and all these things that you're just creating public school at home. Cause that would kind of defeat the purpose. I feel like, um, my, always my advice. Well, it usually ends up being like a really long conversation with people, but I always say, just keep it as simple as possible. Like even two subjects, start with math and then something else they're just really passionate about. Let them pick a curriculum, let them pick something they love and just start with two a day and then just focus on your relationship with them. Um, having fun and joyful moments, like getting outside, doing a lot of active things together, and then just keep it so simple as far as like the curriculum goes. Cause we all probably it's human nature think we can do more than we can and we bite off more than we can chew. And Mm -hmm. I have all the things in our house, like a whole closet full of every curriculum like ever. Right. But we don't use most of it. And I think if you're being consistent in small amounts of things and of course, focusing on things that they enjoy, then everyone will be happier Mm -hmm. and you'll feel like you're doing a better job versus you take all that on and you just feel like you're failing. Yeah. And like you said, if you, if you go into it with stress and, and it's 
you know, difficult for you, your kids are going to feel that too and not be able to learn the way you want them to. And then, and then you fail and you know, you end up putting them back in, but maybe for the wrong reasons, just because you've, you're approaching it probably from a bad angle, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, one thing that's amazing about you, like I want you to talk about your kids and their ages because you have six kids and they're very close in age. Yeah. So we had six kids in under seven years. So they were six, five, two and a half, 16 months, and then newborn twins. Um, and we didn't really plan it that way, but, um, it's been beautiful and wonderful. And I did pull, I I honestly can't remember the ages when we pulled the older two out of school, we still had really little kids. Um, and so I'll have people all the time say to me, like, I want to homeschool, but I still have a baby at home or I want to homeschool, but you know, I still have like all these little kids. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about what our house looks like when we started homeschooling. Cause it was total chaos. And I always tell people too, just relax. Like if you have 10 interruptions, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. And probably the kids don't really mind as much as you do anyways. Like yeah. just know that you have to take a break and, and the older, older children will learn too. And it's probably good for them that it's okay to be interrupted and we have to stop and change a diaper. We have to stop and feed a baby and everything will be okay. But yeah, it does make things a little more complicated. Um, but also wonderful. It's, it's all good. Yeah, it is so great. I've one thing that I've loved so much with Paisley, Paisley's eight. And even on like the weekend when we're not doing school, she'll be like, mom, can we do school today? Can we do like, and I know she just, for her, she loves that one-on-one time. Like she gets mom for a little bit, like totally. just her for, you know, while we, while we read together or whatever yeah. we're working on. And I realize now more than ever how much our kids need that. Mm-hmm. And, and most kids don't get it, you know? No. And it's, I, I really am so grateful that I'm able to be home and able to homeschool them. And it's just been the best experience ever. Those memories are so priceless. And still, I just love like cuddling up on the couch or on the floor in front of the fire. And the whole time you're kind of rubbing their hair or giving them a little back scratch or just like, you know, giving me a little kiss or whatever it is. It's like that connection. They, they would never get that anywhere Mm -hmm. else, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's totally priceless. And those memories will last forever, you know, and the security that they feel because of it. And I know because we had two in public school and four that have never been to a public school, like it, they're, they are quite different. And I know that the younger four have never felt like, Oh, I'm behind in reading or like this math is hard. I don't get it. Or, you know, those feelings that sometimes can be devastating, actually like lifelong devastating, those four I've never felt. Um, and so I feel grateful for that. And of course it's, it's fine. Like the older two that have been in public school, like it's, it's all fine. But I do think that that security and that level of just like calmness that they feel when they're learning is, is probably so lucky for them. I mean, we never felt that, but I'm like, how nice just to know, like, it doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. And that's all relative anyways. Like there's no such thing as behind yeah, or ahead. Really. It's right. just, we're all on our own journeys. Mm-hmm. I loved, I think it was Matt at that conference that was talking about, um, grade levels and, oh, yeah. and like being in, the, in this grade as an adult, like how funny it would be if we said, you know, what grade we're in, but just that concept is something that's so ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. So it is hard. I know like when I was first getting into all of this and trying to decide if I was going to do it. I was like the same thing. What if my kids get behind? What if I, what if I mess up? What if I, you know, all these things. And I just want people to know, like, that's, 
really not a thing. It's not as hard as you think it's going to be. It's way better than you think it's going to be. You're going to be closer to your kids. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have not seen, I can't think of one negative thing. Yeah. Same with me. The only negative thing I can think of is that we're home all day doing dishes all day. We have to feed them all the meals at home. Right. <laughs> like it's fine. That's a very um, yes. minor negative. No, but no, I agree with you. I love it all. Every time I drive by school, I'm like, oh, I don't miss like waiting in line or mm. trying to find backpacks or like rushing them out the door. Just I don't I don't yes. miss that stuff. Yeah. We still have Brig in kindergarten because we love his teacher so much. She's fantastic. But next year we'll definitely pull him out and homeschool. And, and it is draining. Like, like I'm tired of this already. So when you, it can out. be a little more simple mm-hmm. when you're not doing that. Um, but also our public education system is relatively new. And it's another thing I like to remind people of is we haven't been educating people like this for very long, like relative to the history of humans and civilization. Like this is actually new. So people read way before we ever started compulsory schooling, as some people like to call it. People were smart. Like some of the most amazing inventions on the history of the earth were created by people that never entered like a classroom or never entered a a public school as we know it today classroom. So there are so many things you can do Mm -hmm. um, and learn. And you don't necessarily have to be in a system like that to learn it and do amazing things. Right. What are, are there certain things that you've done to be able to help your kids kind of discover their passions or things that they're, they get excited about learning or does that just more come naturally as you, um, I just find that letting them just be, I mean, our kids are still relatively young. Our oldest is 13. So obviously she's doing more, a little more and a little more, but we still have two, six year old, seven year old. He just turned nine and then 11, almost 12. So I feel like they're still, they're really still children. Mm -hmm. Um, play freedom, like all that stuff, like really, I think is more important than pursuing like real passions. If they have it, you know, like we have one that loves piano, like she will play and play and play, or just like, there are certain things that they love to do, but generally speaking, like our seven-year-old, he just wants to be on a bike all day Mm -hmm. and we still have him do his lessons, but I think him moving, playing, and they're all still really, really creative. Our 13 down to our six-year-old, they still play very creatively where I, I do see some of their peers that are not in that phase anymore because they've kind of had to grow. They have to grow up a little too fast, Mm -hmm. too soon. Um, so kind of just, just being with the, or having the freedom just to play, live, move, run, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just, just live. And they, they read, they have interests that way. Um, so I don't really focus a lot on like, I don't know trying to find the passion. We just kind of live our everyday life and Mm -hmm. do things. We do field trips and bring good literature in the house and just hang out with good people and just learn along the way, I Mm -hmm. guess. I loved when we came to um, your parents' house and we were with your kids and they didn't know us at at all, but they were so engaging and would look you in the eye and ask you questions and show us around the house. And it was just so... I don't know, a little more refreshing than, than being around a lot of kids that really have no idea how to interact socially. And, and especially with devices as kids get older and they don't know how to interact. They don't know how to even have conversations with each other, yeah. let alone an adult. You know? It's so true. We have some neighbors that we've known for years and like their kids still won't look me in the eye. And we're, we ask them questions and we offer them rides and we, you know, get excited about, we try to engage and still to this day. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, is that a, what, what, what is that? 
Yeah. It, it seems like it's getting more common mm-hmm. where they don't really know how to interact. Mm-hmm. Alexis, thank you so much for joining me today. I have loved talking about all of this. We're kind of running short on time, but I would love to continue in the next episode and continue to talk about all of these things. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. So fun. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Value Script. Don't forget to do your part to like, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time on an excellent episode of The Value Script.